The Secret Zoo, Chapter 15, The Key Fifty feet from the zoo gate, Noah stopped pedaling. He coasted silently to the entrance, dismounted and ducked behind the bushes. Beside the gate was a glass booth. Inside, a light and small TV were on, but the guard wasn't there. Noah crouched down and ran toward the gate, pulling his bike beside him. He plucked the gold key out of his pocket and poked it into the slot. It didn't fit. He turned it over and tried again. No luck. Come on, you stupid thing. He heard a cough. Inside, a guard was coming toward him. Noah tried to force the key in. Even the tip didn't fit. Come on, come on, come on, he muttered. Don't do this. Another cough, this time much closer. Noah heard the man's feet shuffling. Fate, you stupid. Then something magical happened. The key transformed. Its ridges melted, and its bumpy edge became smooth. Noah stared at a flat key in his hand, confused. What? Noah could hear the guard's footsteps. He was closing on Noah, reaching the end of a path that ran between a pair of long hedges. In a panic, Noah stabbed the key into the slot. This time it slipped in and the lock opened with a soft click. When he pulled the key out, the sharp ridges were back. No way, he mumbled. Seconds before the guard rounded the hedge, Noah grabbed his bike, slipped through the gate, and coasted into the shadows. He was inside, at least part of the way. Chapter 16 Ella and Richie have a great fall. Let me get this straight, Richie said. He and Ella were standing beside an oak tree near the zoo wall in their neighbor's backyard. They were looking at a branch that ran across the top of the wall. That branch is at least 20 feet high. You want to climb up there, walk across, leap onto the wall, and then jump into the zoo? Good plan, don't you think? I guess that depends on what kind of animals are in there. Probably a bunch of peacocks, Ella assured him. She suddenly noticed something about Richie. He was wearing leather boots instead of his normal running boots. Where the heck are your shoes? In here, Richie said as he adjusted a backpack he brought with him, along with some other stuff, supplies, you know. How come you're not wearing them? They're kind of flashy. Good point, Ella said with an understanding nod. Probably not a good idea to bust into the zoo with shoes that practically glow in the dark. Richie pointed to a tree that shifted it and shifted the conversation back to a greater concern. You think that branch will hold us? Ella tipped her head and considered his query for a moment. Her answer came like a question. Yes? That's convincing. Come on, Richie, don't go and wimp out on me. We shouldn't even be in this yard, Richie said. We're trespassing. Yeah, Ella said, but since we're about to sneak into the zoo in the middle of the night, I don't think standing in someone's grass is such a big deal. Richie couldn't think of an answer to that. Listen, Richie. We don't have a choice. I mean, we've already lost Megan to whatever's going on in that crazy zoo. Are we ready to lose Noah, too? 
Okay, Richie said, you're right. Ella nodded and sprang into action. With the grace of a gymnast, she jumped, twirled, kicked, and heaved her way up the tree. Within seconds, she reached the branch 20 feet in the air. With some effort, a little time to recoup halfway, and a lot of grumping and grunting and whimpering, Richie managed to make his way up. Ella nodded at him and headed out across the branch, which ran par parallel to the ground. She used smaller branches that stemmed <clears throat> from it for support and moved easily from one point to the next, stepping over patches of twigs and leaves. In no time, she swung down the concrete wall, which had a wide, flat cap that overhung both sides by a few inches. See any animals? Richie called out. Ella gazed over the wall. Nuh-uh. It's too dark. You've got your pen light, right? Richie patted his chest pocket. Just like a good scout. Okay, your turn. Richie inspected the distance beneath him. Here I come, I guess, he said. He took his first step, slipped, and started to flap his arms to keep his balance. His hip shifted from side to side, and his rear end pushed out in different directions. Richie, be careful. He managed to grab a branch and steady himself. After taking a few minutes to find his composure, he wiped his sweaty forehead and started again. He eventually traversed the branch and jumped down to the wall. He pulled out his penlight. Let's see what's down there, Ella said. Richie tried to flick the switch of his penlight and instead flicked it right out of his hand. It clanked down on the wall, bounced once, and disappeared into the darkness of the zoo. The children stared down in disbelief. Oops, Richie said. Forget about it, Ella said. We'll take our chances. Are you sure? There could be more than peacocks down there. Let's hope not. They sat down on the wall and prepared to jump. You ready? Ella asked. I'm ready. On three? On three. Okay, here we go. Ella licked her top lip and started the count. One, two, three and they pushed off the wall and plunged into the shadows. They free fell for what seemed to Ella like a very long time, but it was probably just a second or two. When Ella hit the ground, bolts of pain shot through her knees. The scouts had landed on a hill and immediately started to roll. Ten somersaults later, they came to a stop. Unfortunately, it happened to be in a pool of thick mud. Even more unfortunately, something beside Ella was breathing in her face, grunting an angry animal grunt. It was no peacock. Chapter 17 The Way to Penguin Palace Noah rode quietly across the zoo along the maze of winding paths. Light fell from overhead, overhead lamps and the eaves of the zoo building cutting cone-shaped wedges out of the darkness, wedges that Noah dodged in order to stay hidden. After speeding past the giraffe jam, he turned onto a dirt path surrounded by trees. The area was marked as a nature preserve. 
His spikes splashed through puddles and clunked across two bridges made of wooden planks. At the end of the path, Noah bounced back onto the sidewalk. He raced past the Alada Hippopotami exhibit, rolled through the Arctic town, and sped around crispy crit- creepy critters. He neared met apologists and spotted two distant figures strolling toward him. He got off his bike and ducked behind the bushes. When the leaves stopped rustling, he decided that the far- faraway voices belonged to men. As they approached, their voices got louder. Finally, Noah could make out the words. Then Tank showed up and got rid of him, one man said. He didn't hurt him, did he? This fellow had an annoying squeaky voice, reminding Noah of a dog's chew toy. Not that I know. I heard he just got rid of him. Noah realized they were talking about the scouts. They'll be back, I suppose. Let's just hope they don't get the police involved, the other man squeaked. For Pete's sake, Henry, don't even mention such a thing. As they passed, Noah... As they passed Noah, their conversation changed to another subject. They kept walking, their footsteps softened, and their voices faded away. Noah sat for a moment and tried to sort through his feelings. Finally, he said to himself, Tank, why don't I trust you? He considered this and then realized his feelings didn't matter anymore. It was too late to turn back. With that, he hopped onto his bike and tore down the path. He pedaled past Metropolis, coasted by the forest of flight, rolled to a stop at the Penguin Palace, and hid his bike in the bushes. He swept his key out of his pocket and held it up to the lock. The key worked its magic. When he turned his wrists, click, the lock opened. The hinges squeaked as Noah pushed the door open with his shoulder. Before him was the dark interior of Penguin Palace. I'm getting close, Megan. He took a deep breath and stepped inside, ready for anything. Or so he thought.